Hello, listeners. Welcome to Game State for the third time ever. Third time. The third ever. Third ever Game State. Game State. I'm Andrew. I'm Adrian. I'm Jan. I'm Dan. Glory Hound. Special guest. Welcome back. Hi. Thank you. Glory so, Hound trademark, by the way. TM. <laughs> you can't hear the TM, but it's there. We were going to avoid that subject for a very specific reason. We were. <laughs> Let's not touch on that just yet. Okay. <laughs> So, today's topic is, is a game good if it relies solely on the group or people playing? This is kind of a weird sort of a thing. Uh, when you think of games, such as Cards Against Humanity, you kind of want to be a little bit drunk with that. You want to be with a little bit of rowdy friends. If you're playing a game like D&D, you want to have people who are storytelling and visual, and they can portray that to the table and to the group. Says the guy who's never played D&D. This is no, not true. <laughs> RPG games in general, storytelling games, card games, Gloom, Fidelita, or not Fidelita, stuff and nonsense. All of these things fall into a very interesting category where the group is directly related to the enjoyment of that game. Sure, sure. So you'll have people who you you play with people who are better for the game. That'll make your enjoyment of the game better. Uh, that doesn't at all reflects what the quality of the game itself is. Because, let's take chess, for example. Um, chess is a good game. That's something most people can agree on. It's been around forever. It continues to sell. It must be a good game, so to speak. Uh, however, I know several people I could play with, and this game's going to be awful no matter what. It doesn't matter who the group is for that, or if I got two actual people who care about chess, two people who are chess players, they will care and the game will be good. Mike, for example. So you will enjoy that game more because you're the kind of person who likes that game. It didn't care about the actual, the, the quality of the game is not at all influenced by uh, who it is who's playing, but the people who are playing, if that's not the game for them, they won't enjoy it. Do you know what I'm saying? I do, yeah. Okay. I think, though, if you, if you look at that from the reverse perspective, where you take a game that is not necessarily a good quality game, as you said, mm -hmm. and play it with a more enjoyable group, it enhances the apparent quality of the game. Um, so, Andrew mentioned Cards Against Humanity. Yes. I don't like that game. Neither do I. I'm just going to put it out there. I don't like Cards Against Humanity. Um, but under the right context, it can be fun, it can be enjoyable, and therefore feels good. But it doesn't necessarily make the game good. Some games, in my opinion, are, are strictly dependent on being good with the group. Cards Against Humanity is one of them. If it was playing with me and my mom and my grandma, like it wouldn't be a good experience. I guess it boils down to an experience sort of a thing. Does anybody... Yeah, I think the group absolutely matters in a game because I'm not going to pick a game that's out of the group's possibility and then go, hey, come and play this game and then have it fail because the group doesn't know what they're doing. So you have like technical skill as far as the group is concerned and then whether they like it or not. Sure, you know? but that... So the group completely matters. Sure, but that uh, the group definitely matters. The problem is that that's not actually determining whether it's a good game or not. Just because you're playing with a group that doesn't enjoy it, say Cards Against Humanity. None of us three here, Adrian, Andrew, or me, likes Cards Against Humanity. 
Is it a good game? Yes, it continues to sell. People all over love it. It's a good game. Just because it's not for us doesn't mean that it is a bad game. Dan. So the answer to the question is it's a yes-no situation. And the reason is because any game, no matter how good it is, will be bad if it's played with the wrong people. So what you're, I think you're specifically talking about is the games that seem to be bad unless you're playing with a very specific group, which is why you brought up Cards Against Humanity or Apples to Apples, or even Sellers of Catan or Ticket to Ride, which tend to be better with families or people who are a little less experienced with board games and haven't played that 337 times. Um, has it been that many, Dan? Yeah, it has. <laughs> Mostly thanks to an iPad. But that notwithstanding. Um, oh yeah, it doesn't actually count on it. Yeah, it does. It does. It's tragic. At any rate... <laughs> Shows how bored I am most of my life. Uh, so anyway, the, the thing is, is the games that are only good when you play with a certain group, um, that doesn't make them bad or good. What matters is, can the game be fun at all? For a game to be truly bad, it has to be bad all the time. Um, I would say that there's a sliding scale of good, but... Uh, certainly, and that's why we have ratings like one to ten stars on Board Game Geek. <laughs> this is true. Um, so you can or rate them. And conditional scoring. People will put in it's better in, with this group. For example, Board Game Geek gives you an optimal number of players or an optimal, optimal target audience to optimal age range. All these things can affect the quality of a game. It also depends on what you're looking for from a game. So, so rating a game simply based on the, on the number of people playing, or on the, not the number, but the, the type of people you're playing with, it's, it's a very predicated situation that you have to really. It's, it's a difficult answer to that question. That's why I say it's a yes-no situation. Yeah, yeah when, when we get into bad games, and everybody at this table, the exception of Cat, knows what game I'm thinking of when I say this. <laughs> no matter who you play that game with, or specific games, no matter who you play them with, you're still going to want to flip the table. You're still going to want to not play that game again. You're still going to want to play anything else ever Please. <laughs> would you say the game you're talking about is legendary? Um, I would say it is legendary. There are legends. There are there legends. <laughs> it is not the game legendary, by the way. It is a different. Thanks for making that confusing, Dan. <laughs> you're welcome. I live to make your life more difficult. I know you do. I want to provide a <laughs> counterpoint to both of you. Uh, stuff and nonsense. I feel as if this is a game where the quality of the game comes from the players. You could argue that for any storytelling game. So stuff in nonsense, gloom, a storytelling RPG like World of Darkness, mm -hmm. um, because I, I think I see where you're coming from. Like in, in stuff in non, let's use gloom because more people are familiar with gloom. Um, the mechanic set of gloom is pretty solid. There aren't really any holes in the mechanics, but most people's enjoyment of Gloom does come from the group and from the storytelling aspect that gets added in um, that you is technically optional to the game. Uh, when you're talking about narrative games like that, uh, Once Upon a Time being another example of that, um, when you talk about any of those kind of games, that's what I was talking about with the predication. Because in those games, yes, it may having a good group makes those games good because the very premise of that game is based on the assumption that you're playing, playing with people you know will tell good stories. If I sit down with one of my math friends, I'm not hauling out stuff and nonsense unless I want to hear a long algebra story, which nobody wants. So, I mean, you telling it, it could get kind of interesting. That's true. But. So like he was saying, it's really the game itself isn't bad just because some of the players at that group are not 
for it. It's not their kind of game. So you say it's not their kind of a game, and a game isn't bad because it's because of the players. However, we had an experience <laughs> on Black Friday where we had purchased the Black Friday box from AEG. We had played Bacon Wars. Mm-hmm. Didn't go over too well. Like We see all the game there, we just didn't enjoy it. We'd also played a another game earlier in the evening that did not go over well either. That is correct. We saw a Happy Meal from Carl's Jr., a kid's meal from Carl's Jr. on the table next to us. It was just a bag and a little thing sticking out of it. It was the toy game with the quotes. Sonic Boom Fire and Ice roll dice move sort of a thing. It was super simple. Set up on a board, roll dice, move. If you land on a certain space, you lose a turn. If first you land to the on finish a, wins. First to the finish wins. Mm-hmm. That is not a good game. However, that was the best game we played that night. It was the most enjoyable game we played that night. The quality of the game. can't. Okay, so I'm going to enjoy the game more based on my group. Sure. That doesn't mean that a bad game can't be fun. And it also means that a good game can be uh, not well received. It's really, the, the group does affect the enjoyment of the game, as we've previously stated, but that does not change the quality of the game at its core. It's really for who this game was made. And this game was made for toddlers. And yet we have <laughs> so much fun with it, it's kind of stupid. So... What happened with that game is a little phenomenon I like to call punch drunk, punch drunk pleasure, which is basically no matter how terrible something is, you're going to enjoy it because you're tired, you're exhausted, and everything's funny because you're the equivalent of drunk from sleepiness. I don't think we were even all that tired. No, you were exhausted, though. You were. I absolutely. was. Absolutely. One person, it becomes infectious. It's, and, and so that's a bad way to rate a game. Um, that's a bad time to rate a game because your perception of it could, depending on how you are when you're tired, if you're the cranky type, you're going to be very negative. Adrian. If you're the punch drunk type, you're going to be very friendly. So it's really going to heavily affect how you how you rate and view that game. That's why taking any sort of rating system when you're sleepy is a bad idea. The other thing that I think happened in, in that sort of bubble is that we were just looking to have any sort of fun Yes. Mm-hmm. at that point because we had had two negative experiences in a span of a very short span of time. Um, and so, hey, this is stupid. This is not a, a well-constructed game by any means, but we can detach and have more fun in each other's company. With oh, ex- man, I had a huge strategy for that game. We can detach and right. enjoy so each good. other with the exception of Andrew and John um, because that's never an in, in enjoyment. Um, <laughs> it's a thing. Um, it's very much a thing. But that, that I think, is more... A, li- a little closer to what, what occurred in that, but we're, we're, getting, paper we're getting off track. So, back on track, there is, of course, a distinction between the enjoyment of a game and the quality of a game. As we know, just about all games do fall into this trap, um, where it could be bad quality, but you could have a whole bunch of fun with it, or it could be super high quality, best thing in the world, but it just won't go over well. So, that being said, Dan, I know you're a huge fan of the 1-10 to 10 rating system. I think it's a, a acceptable way to rate a game, barring any other way to do so. And you can call that system whatever you want. You could also make it one to five, especially if you put decimal points in the middle of it. But the, the reality is is that any, any, any rating system is as good or as bad as the person issuing the rating. Because I've met some people who think something's five and I've played it and said, wow, that was, that was not great. Well, a rating system only really works with how many people have rated the game, though. And that's huge. So, like, BGG, I mean, 
there's a ton of people that go on there, but there's plenty of games that I've looked up on there. Like, why isn't this higher? Because nobody's played the game. Like, so that only goes so far. You know, if you have a very small amount of people rating it, a good game could be really crappy. And you have the Kickstarter bump, which can go the opposite direction. Very true. Where a game has a higher score than it ought to have simply because of Kickstarter. Well, just to reinforce, aforementioned attempt at legendary game has four ratings, (laughs) two of which are myself and Andrew. And it's still holding at a five, somehow. Well, um, that would be because two other people voted ten. <laughs> the they may have had something to do with that game. Remember when I talked about the story involving algebra or math? Yeah. <laughs> but it works the same way. If, if there is something good that has a few ratings and it appears to be lower than it potentially needs to be, a bad game can also benefit from having few ratings uh, because it will make it look better potentially than it actually is on that the rating systems for everything is entirely subjective um, it all depends on how you want to look except ours ours is concrete it's not, <laughs> not ours is the best ours ours is what brought this question up. all you need to do is trust our rating system <laughs> and our shows or even That's don't even look at anything else <laughs> Well, you just need to or, find somebody who has the same interests. Somebody you trust. Yes. That's why Tom Vassell is such a big right. thing. That's why Shut Up, Sit Down is such a big thing. That's why Will Wheaton is such a big thing. Grotto, so Undead Viking, all those guys. Find somebody that you agree with. Find somebody that you have the similar tastes with. Dan. Interestingly enough, on your point about the show's rating system, I believe that your stricter rules on how the rating system work were a result of... Now we've talked about it too much. Fast food legends. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> um, so, I believe in that particular case, um, somebody rated a, a throw it in a fire was one of the originally. <laughs> originally, so yeah, that that particular recording didn't air. That that uh, particular recording didn't air, but uh, yes, someone <laughs> oh, did it rate didn't. it. No, so, no, it didn't. Someone did uh, originally rate it a rating outside of our pre-existing structure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, the rating system that, that's used for this show, or not this show, but the show that's related to the show, is based on the assumption of playing it with the perfect group. Right. Uh, which directly ties into the very question of this game state. Uh, your entire rating system is based on the assumption that group does matter. And that is why I brought it up. Okay. And that actually was something that I originally heard from Vassal on the Dice Tower podcast. They were asked Elaborate. That- they, well, they were asked that question directly via the mailbag. Um, does the group you're playing with affect the rating of your game? And um, one of the points that uh, Eric Summer actually brought up is that he reviews a lot of kids' games. Mm-hmm. And so he wouldn't rate a kid's game as though he were playing with a group of adults. He would rate it as if you are playing with kids. And when, when giving a rating, particularly for a game like that, it, that is important to take into account. So do you think then that it's possibly better rather than to say ideal group to say target group? Mm. Target group might fair. be a better way to rate. That That's case. fair. Um, if, we don't, if, we don't, if we don't split the hair, they're pretty close, though. They're close, but there is a slight difference. There is. Target group would solve a lot of our issues with some games that we were, have been reviewing on the full show. On the so full this show. has turned into a... a Circular dis- logic. <laughs> this yeah. has turned into a disassembly of our own rating system. Yes. Yes, it has. Yeah. It's a vivisection episode. I love I'd like to point out that I called it. <laughs> you did. So I think what we basically come, come around to is a game will not be made better or worse by the group. However, the experience of that game is entirely dependent, almost entirely dependent, 
on the group that it's played with. I would agree Absolutely. With Absolutely. Yeah. I'm Andrew. I'm Adrian. I'm John. I'm Dan. Glory Hound. Thank you guys for joining us on this third ever episode of Game States. We will see you next time.